the Jewish Divorce Project. Because marriage doesn't always work out and chicken soup doesn't always help. We are good. How's it going? It's going. Where it's going, I have no idea. <laughs> so we got to keep it light and family friendly today. All my kids are in the room next door. Oh, man. I asked them if they wanted to be on the podcast. They said no. That's a good that idea. Been cool. yeah. What? It's a great idea for them to be on. I know. I don't oh, think, I it's a good idea for them I'd not to. Able, I don't think I'd be able to get my kids on. I don't think my ex wants them to do that. <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting. I wish. Anybody want to come on? Nothing. No. <laughs> these days, share all your grievances. They want to share everything on the internet until their parents ask them to. What are we talking about today? I don't know. I even reached out to my friend Rob at WTF Divorce to see if he wanted to be like a last minute guest. He said no. No. No, he didn't say anything. He didn't get back to me. He just. Uh, oh, are we having him on? No, he hasn't. Got, he hasn't said yes or anything like that. I'm sure he's. Oh, it's, okay. It's Sunday morning on the East Coast. I'm sure he's probably. No, no, not today. Like Do we have him scheduled for a different time? We should. Okay, I thought you had mentioned. That. We should. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Well, we can do thanks. We should also. We should definitely do Thanksgiving. We should also let people know um, about Rabbi David Wolpe's interview coming up. Shortly in the first week of December, so look out Wait, for we that. We didn't choose a time, though. I know we, we got to figure out that time, dude. Uh, okay. Um, who has the time restriction? You or him? I mean, I think both of us. I'm sure his schedule is pretty tight, um, and my schedule. I need to be out of there by four. You need to stop at four. You have something Tuesday night. I have to be able to pick up my kids. Oh, I have a me- group. Can we do a Monday night? Because I have a group six to seven my time. You know, he doesn't work on Mondays. Apparently, he doesn't work on Sundays and Mondays. Yeah. We, like any other night of the week is better for me than Tuesday. I could ask them. Sure. I'll look into yeah. it. Yeah. It's the only time I have like, it's the only night I have a six. It's, I still have that night standing thing. And so. Okay. And I can't, I, I cancel too often. I hear you. <laughs> like, so, um, yeah. Okay. It's better than Tuesday. Okay. All right. Or earlier. Um, yeah. I can't do earlier in the day. I'm teaching throughout the day. Um, okay. All right. So I will reach out to her tomorrow and hopefully she'll get it. Um, we'll see what we can do. That may push it back a little bit, but that's fine. No worries. Okay. What are we talking about today? I mean, it is Thanksgiving and I don't know that we've ever really dedicated time to talk about not only like thankfulness, but, um, what it's like to parent through holidays or co-parent through holidays that you may really want to spend time with your kids at or during, but you can't because the custody schedule or the settlement agreement doesn't allow for something like that. And, you know, yeah. Thanks. Just to be clear, I'm Canadian and I don't do Thanksgiving. We we don't do thanks. (laughs) That's clear. I don't need, I don't think you needed to tell people that at all. I think that's obvious. We just draw the line at gratitude and thankfulness. Uh, We've got other things to worry about, like snow and polar bears. What? (laughs) 
That's um, your excuse, snow and polar excuse. bears? Snow and polar bears. Um, we're just nice all the time. So, you know, it's part of our yearly, daily thing. We don't need a day for it. Oh, um, so this is a superiority thing. Coming down course. from the truly northern America, huh? Yes, of uh-huh. course. Uh-huh. I don't think we have to argue that Canada versus America. I think it's pretty clear. Gotcha. Wow. <laughs> this I I, I hey, look. You know what's good about getting together with people you enjoy spending time with is that they eventually reveal themselves, and this is yes. I see you in a whole new light now. As the elite nicer Canadian. Okay. That explains a whole lot. It does. You can go back and listen so, to previous episodes. So I don't have a personal attachment to Thanksgiving the way some people have it as this really cozy, homey, traditional holiday. But, but I you do have something. Yeah, and you do have something like that. Canada is, for real, joking aside, Thanksgiving is not as big of a deal in Canada. It's a different but, day. I don't even know what day it is. That's not I what I mean. I mean, but but yeah. you have you telling me that even in your spiritual evolution and religious growth, oh, right, post divorce, yes. right? Isn't there some holiday that you really attach a lot of comfort and coziness to? Yeah, no, I could definitely understand the concept of it, but I don't really doesn't apply to Thanksgiving. I never have my kids Thanksgiving. Okay, so Ever. again, yeah. it's not a significant loss for you in that way. But again, I'm asking: Correct. Is there another holiday, yes. and what is it? Um, I think, I think all of all the other, any holiday that has significance, there's a loss in it because it is holidays are such a time for family and connection. That's the word. (laughs) (laughs) My brain was going to like connectivity. Um, And it really highlights solitude when you don't have that. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes you just want to spend it with your kids, too, because it would be nice to have them and be around them and create that memory and be there for them in that moment and not miss out on it and all those things. For sure. Have you wrestled with that personally? Yes. Yes, I have personally wrestled with that. It's a tough one, though, because there isn't really a workaround. Um, the The only alternative is doing it a holiday with your ex and that's not a possibility for the majority of people right and so it's one of those things that this is this is the painful part this is the the challenge that comes along with divorce is, is losing that and i try and funnel it back into okay how can i make the time together the holidays i do have special memorable how can i kind of balance that out for me and for my kids Right, when you do have them and being able to enjoy that with them and direct your focus on them during that time. Yeah. What do you do with yourself, though, during those moments when you don't have them? Because I don't have my kids this Thanksgiving. I, I gave them up. It's actually, it's my custody day. Forever? But, I gave them yeah. up. I'm done with this parenting thing. <laughs> I've thought about it. <laughs> Who needs these kids? <laughs> the whole set of episodes we could do. <laughs> Um, ways I would give up the kids. Oh God. <laughs> um, uh, but I don't have them this Thanksgiving, and it's it, it's it's on Thursday. It's my day, my custody day, anyway. So I would have them, but it's her settlement day. Um, and she reached out. She, you know, suggested, you know, that it could go either way. I could take them, and she could take them, right? Um, but I said, go ahead, take them, enjoy it. 
and you're and are you struggling or are you looking forward to some peace and quiet or both because both are legitimate yeah i mean i think i am in 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 some ways um because it's a day that you're off yeah it's a day that i'm off i certainly like that right and that opportunity just to do me and i can be thankful for that and and in many ways, I have kind of balanced it out with the Jewish holidays and other national American national holidays that we've been able to s- spend together. And so those have been really wonderful quality moments. Um, and I know we'll get other good ones coming up in the future, too. So in some ways, Thanksgiving is just another Thursday, right? It's just another meal. Right? You could also ah, you sound like that. a Canadian. No, it's just, hey, it's just <laughs> another meal. That's right. Right. Yeah, um, speaking like a true Canadian. So, you know, and the practice of gratitude isn't localized, as you've been saying to that day. So, okay. So it's got some special significance for some people. My ex particularly likes it. She can enjoy it. Let her have it. Let her have the boys. Right. I don't need it to be like for me, even if I would like that. Right. So I've got to find a place to go now. Right. So I'm going to reach out to the guys in my men's group and I'm going to ask them who's got plans and who's got open tables. And I'm sure a bunch of them will offer and um, it'll be really nice. I've been doing something with myself. That's like the toughest thing. Yeah, it's pushing you to kind of go out of your comfort zone a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I I think I've learned enough about myself to know that I'm a real introvert. I'd rather not be in a, a room full of people. I'd rather not be interacting. Oh, that's such an interesting discussion point of divorce. What what the introvert's experience of divorce is, because you all of a sudden have these additional challenges of mm, right really having to put yourself push yourself out of your comfort zone or else it's really lonely and there's a lot of solitude um yeah we never really looked at it from that perspective of extroverts versus introverts and how divorce affects them right and i don't enjoy the you know the um light conversation that occurs at a party in general i'd much rather be in a one-on-one scenario having a deeper conversation with someone which is where the exception to dating comes in for someone like me, who's an introvert, which is a, there are a lot of goals involved in dating in terms of finding a relationship or sex or connection. But then there's also like the opportunity to potentially meet someone to have a really deep and honest conversation with them, which is something that I would truly enjoy, which has become a love language for me. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird being, I think an introvert in that way um, and knowing specifically what you want and going for it. Uh, and then, then in divorce, yeah, needing to be able to reach out. Yeah. Are you an extrovert? You're not an extrovert. I have a really hard time classifying myself with these. Uh, here we go. Again. Labels. Here we go again. I'm I so complex. I contain multitudes upon multitudes upon pancakes upon multitudes. Yes, like every other human, I have different okay. parts and. I, I think Bring them all I heard a, a good up. definition that I really liked was, you know, where do you draw your energy from? You know, what, yeah. what kind of recharges you? Yeah. And then again, both, but it's, it's circumstantial. So I do not need to be surrounded by people all the time. I often do not like too much, too many people, but I love being out and having a good conversation and meeting interesting people and interacting with other people. I love that. And I also love quiet and solitude and time to just let it all percolate so I don't know what the answer to that question is it's quite often called an ambivert 
<laughs> so you're everything? Is that what you're saying? I'm, 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 I'm everything. I'm Cheva and I have commitment issues. <laughs> <laughs> Probably more accurate. You're saying you want to pivot to talking about dating now? No. <laughs> I told you my kids are next door. My oh, kids right. are right here. Right. We're keeping so it no conversations friendly. about sex. <laughs> oh yeah, that's family friendly. That's what I thought. Yeah. Well, everyone yeah, needs a good sure. education. Yeah, and it should definitely come through my podcast on divorce. Oh, so yeah. hey, I don't know. I, I don't know if you watch Hulu, and this isn't meant to be a plug, but there's this new show called um, Fleischman's in Trouble, uh, starring uh, uh, Jesse Eisenberg and okay. uh, uh, not Lizzie McGuire. I don't know. I forget. Oh man, I'm terrible with the with actors' names. Anyway. Um, so the premise is uh, there's this guy, Toby Fleischman. He's a doctor in New York and uh, he's asked for a divorce and he's gotten the divorce. And so now it's him kind of in the first couple months after the divorce, right? Still things are contentious with his ex. Um, and, uh, you know, they're still trying to work things out. He's still in somewhat of a transitional phase. And uh, his life revolves around this event in that way and him adapting. Uh, and one of the first things they talk about, like literally even before you get to know his kids or um, his friends who are essential parts of the show, it just focuses on him and the dating world, right? And, you know, alludes to the fact that he's on all the different apps and whatnot. And then it tells the story of like the modern American man, the upwardly mobile successful one on the dating apps, at least the white man's experience, uh, you know, and all these different, like getting inundated um with profiles and women reaching out right um and having like a different schedule of women that he's going to in some ways because this is just what the dating world has afforded him uh and uh the funny part about it is that in contrast to his divorce is so contentious and unpeaceful mm -hmm. and unjoyful and 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 miserable uh and so uh it, it's so fascinating to see the way that it's working out on top of it in the first episode, like he does, his wife's got, his ex-wife's gone away um, on a business thing and like hasn't returned. So he doesn't know what's going on with the kids and he had to fire the nanny. Uh, and so uh, one of the great things that you get to know about him are his friends from essentially his college days. Um, and they even do a flashback to when they were studying abroad in Jerusalem. Uh, how they're having uh, a meal at a Jerusalem cafe. It's actually really well done, I thought. Um, but one of the central questions to the premise um, is essentially what it's, what's it like when you get exactly what you wanted? Or what you thought you wanted. Right. In divorce. Yeah. So it's, a, it's recommending it. Good show. Yes, I think it is. But I think that question is still also really just pertinent in terms of like choosing to go through divorce, right? And imagining and what it would be like on the other choose. side. Right. No, I know that. I know that. But I just think this question is really fascinating, right? For those of, for, and I'm not, I can't say us. I'm literally incapable of saying that now because it wasn't. I didn't choose, right? But for, for the, I'm going to say those of us in general, right, who make a choice in divorce, right? What is it like when you get everything that you want or when you get at least something that you want? 
And is it everything that you expected it would be? And what's the payoff involved? I think that's, by the way, a very deeply Thanksgiving-based question, right? Where does the thanks come in when you do get what you want? And what essentially are you thankful for? The perseverance for getting what you want, just the fact that you got what you want, how you got it and someone else didn't get what they want, right? What do we really, are you thankful that, you know, like you did something to earn this? What is it? Um, yeah. But nonetheless, like this, I, I thought it was a very, I think it's a very powerful question. Uh, and it's going to be really interesting to watch the show because obviously they're going to do it from different angles. There's just too many like big actors not to do that. Uh, and so um, I, I'm still entertaining that question as I go into Thanksgiving, right? Like, what do you do when you do get what you want? Because frankly, in divorce, even though I didn't choose it, I think there are certain things that I've been able to get that I really wanted, right? And what do I really think about that? And how does that impact me? What type of person does that turn me into spiritually? I think it's an excellent question. And I think that a lot of people don't know what they want or think that they know what they want. And that's why often divorce is a rude awakening because, and and I tell that to couples that I counsel, this isn't a magic eject button. <laughs> this divorce doesn't make all your problems go away and it doesn't remove this person from your life. It This person still, most of the time there's kids involved and this person is still there and you have to learn. It's even harder to navigate the relationship. And then put even the relationship aside, what I think is a great question to really figure out what you want is to, to think about the feeling that you want. Because when we think about things that we want, we usually think of things or specifics and it's not really what we're after. We're after the feeling that comes along with those experiences or with those things. Um, And when we are connected to the feeling, one, it just allows more opportunity for other options and it gets, helps us get to know what, what's at the underlying core of what our wants and what our needs are. It's a great question of what feeling am I trying to accomplish here? Do I want to feel more love? Do I want to feel more significant? Do I want to feel more important? Do I want to feel more accomplished? Do I want to feel more independence? (laughs) Right? What's the feeling that I'm trying to go for? You think that's a question that needs to be asked at the outset? I think it's a question that is worth asking all the time as, as you as life changes Mm -hmm. and, you know, we, we change our sights on something else. You know, I think if you're in a bad marriage, it's, it's a good question to ask. And then if the divorce happens, you know, now what do we want? It's a question that's asked all the time. What do you want? Right? You go to therapy. What do you want? What are your goals? <laughs> you go to a coach. You go, you go to a store. Isn't that essentially what we're <laughs> trying to do since birth is soothe our wants right? and needs? What do we want? And that's why we we attach our sights to things that usually isn't what we really want. We don't want like for many people, I don't want a divorce. It's not what you wanted. I want to feel happier. I want to feel connected to somebody. Mm. And that when you say, I want the divorce, now that's the only option. I want to feel happier and connected to someone. Now there's other ways to get you what you want. There's also a difference between a divorce and a feeling, right? A divorce is an event, right? Well, it seems like the solution to the problem. So the problem is I don't feel happy. I don't feel loved. So what's the solution? Let me get rid of this person or let me, you know, next. Right. Thank you, next. And I think to your point, when you go with the feeling, then there are multiple options there involved, right? Divorce is one particular way. Feelings offer a multiple of ways, right? Maybe that means opening yeah. yourself up in your relationship or changing the dynamic you have with your current 
partner, all those things, you know? Yeah. I, I took a mediation training recently and that's one of the tech, the techniques that they, that they use is so many people come into, you know, a divorce process or any process. And this is what I want. And this is what they want. These are, these are our absolutes. Right. And, and they're so different. And so there's, it's almost impossible to find the in-between or the balance because you're dealing with these absolutes. When you go underneath and you think, okay, what feeling are you trying to accomplish here? So often the two people are not as far apart as it seems like they are. And now you can have options. You can have discussions about what you really need, what you really want, rather than like, if someone comes and says like, I will not sell this house, right? I want to keep this house. Do you really want to keep the house? Or do you really need a sense of security right now? And how else can you accomplish that? Right. And so it's like, okay, we get that. Now we can deal with this feeling. You need to feel secure. What else can can happen that can help you feel secure? Oh, okay. And now there's all these other options, you know, no bad ideas in a brainstorm. And it's easier to find commonality. I think that is applicable to almost everything in life. Of Well, certainly to Thanksgiving too. And those for those people who do struggle with not being able to be with their kids who didn't choose divorce who didn't choose to give up their kids for Thanksgiving to give to their ex, right? Then you have to figure out what feeling do you really want to feel, right? And if it's yeah. that feeling of coziness and enjoying some quality time with your kids and a good delicious meal, right? There's a lot of different ways of accomplishing that, right? Than just localizing. Exactly. Right. So because if you get stuck on, I want my kids for Thanksgiving, but let's say right. you don't have them that year. Right. Now you're stuck in this loop of, of, not I've got to have them for Thanksgiving. I've got to have <laughs> it's them. Not, for it's not. It's not reality. Right. But like you said, what do you really want? I want that feeling of cozy connection. I want a turkey dinner. So do it the week after, right? Like right. who says? Right. You know, it. You got Shabbat be, coming up. Exactly. Right? It might not be the way you wanted it or thought, right. but there's a, there's a, maybe a workaround. Well, that's also know. just a very, I think, adult thing, um, which is. Well, you know, I'm all about adulting. No, I know you are, <laughs> and it's so fascinating, by the way, just that concept too, like adulting that. Um, we've identified this, um, the, these moments or these times in our lives where we actually try to do adult things um, that I wonder, and this is just pure naive speculation, but like, I don't, I don't feel like the elders in my family ever... Um, patted themselves on the back. <laughs> yeah, or elders in like other people's family. They're like, they're like, okay, you don't have... Passover with your kids, you got to fucking figure out what you're going to do with it and no big fucking deal. Uh, I would used to be like, I used to do the most menial things and I'm like, where's my award ceremony? I, I don't understand. I've, I've like done the laundry. I've made dinner. I've done, I've gotten all my kids off from school. Like they're all, they have all the clothes that they need, all the school supplies. Where's the, the, the pond and circumstance? I need that acknowledgement. And it doesn't happen because it's called adulting and you don't get it anymore. So yeah, I think there is a generational difference of we kind of are so proud of ourselves <laughs> for hashtag adulting. Oh my God. And it is a part of life. Jeez. Are we just more in touch with our inner children and that's what it is? And so like we see adulthood as being an extension of childhood in some way or an extension of adolescence not because of stuntedness but because we see its value like i could also say that the reason why 
my elders generation doesn't pat themselves on the back is because feelings are a natural part of their existence, right? Until they really <laughs> need to be. Uh, but like for us, there's a very feelings positive culture around things, right? It is sexy and important to be emotionally literate and emotionally intelligent. Um, yeah. And it is, I mean, if you just look at the wellness culture around us and you see what's going on in social media um, and you also watch what goes on, I think, in the in the greater world by taking a look at the newspapers, um, you see, and admittedly, that's somewhat still of a limited worldview, right? There's a lot of different things to examine, right? If you're going to make a comprehensive understanding of something. Um, but nonetheless, the the idea of being in touch with one's emotions so much so that you can be articulate about it and connect with others um, is a very important trait, it's seeming like uh, today in just the economy of things. And um, uh, I forget how we got here specifically. We were uh, talking about adulting. Yeah. Um, you, it's a, your theory of, on why we're so proud of The theory of, of adulting. Thank you for pulling me back from this monster tangent. But um, that, you know, part of adolescence and childhood is experiences living your emotions on a regular basis. I've noticed this as a teacher, right? That like 95% of the experience that my students have is emotional, right? And so how do you make them safe within that context so that they can actually do the learning? You can break through the brain. You can get past all the emotions and get through the brain and actually teach them something important. Um, I think what our generation, you know, and subsequent generations are learning is how valuable having emotions are or them being present in our lives so much so that we can use them as tools as opposed to things that get in the way like previous generations did. That's just kind of trickled in thought I had about adulting and why we think it's such a funny thing to do or a fun thing to do and the need to give ourselves a pat on the back. Does any of that make sense? Yeah, I think a large majority of that makes sense. Good. Um, okay. I think an additional part, as you were talking, I just thought of, I think in previous generations, there were less options. Um, There's just things that had to get done. There wasn't opportunity the way that we have opportunity. There wasn't this vastness of um, the world is at our fingertips right now. You can't find a job here and get on a plane and go to New York and maybe find a job. You know, there's so many options, which creates the possibility to say, I don't want to. And I think we have more op opportunities to say, I don't want to. And then that's why we're so proud of ourselves when we say, okay, fine, I'll do it. Or, okay, fine, I did it. And I think in previous generations, there was less, I don't want to. What do you mean you don't want to <laughs> get up you to do that? You just to accept it. There just wasn't options. Like, there, I don't know. I just feel like there wasn't options the way that there are today. And with that, as there's, um, polarities and everything too much options also has its uh has its other side to it a darker side of it's harder to do things it's harder to be motivated to do it and um i think that that leads a little bit into this adulting we're so proud of ourselves for doing things that our parents did without batting an eyelash or didn't need that pat on the back so some you theories some, you think some of it has to do with the pressure of choice Right, and just being able to I get think so. the pressure of choice. I think so. I think we're a little spoiled as 
as a culture in that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That we just have so many choices, or at least it, it, socioeconomically, right? We have a lot of choices. I think that's a little bit more of an honest conversation. And you're right to say that, like, there's a certain amount of spoiling that's gone on. Right. Some might say an entitlement. Um, and not everyone's experienced that. That's what I mean socioeconomically. I think the Black community has been hugely disenfranchised from that. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, maybe it's turned us into children in that way. And so, like, when we do an adult thing, it's kind of like someone needs to give me a card for that. Hard. Or else you're, it you're easy to please. I want I want a marching band. <laughs> um, that would be awesome. Yeah. So some theories on adulting. Bring it bring it back to thanks. So we should be thankful for all of the opportunities that we do have. Because we do have. And sometimes there's some opportunities that are there that we might not realize. I'm gonna bring it all together now, which is why if we let go of the specifics of what we need and look at what are we trying to accomplish and how we feel it will open up more opportunities and then and reflect that. on well yeah and once you uh follow one of those paths right whichever you choose right what then do you do once you get there and how do you reflect on it and what do you think about it and how far did you go and what choices did you make along the way I mean, then you I kind of look at life like, you know, those dot to dots as you used to do as a kid. And okay, so now you're at you the next dot. You mean connect so the dots? Connect the dot, yes. Um, <laughs> Is that a Canadian thing too? I don't think our listeners dots, can dots see that dots. look of contempt <laughs> and judgment that you just really conveyed well over the screen. You've been going um, with this wonderfully <laughs> elitist Canadian theme. <laughs> So I'm just curious to know if like in Canada we call it dot dots to dots. Okay? dots. We call it dot to dot. It's a Canadian thing. Oh, I see. So even dot to dot is a, you know a better Fine. way of saying it. Connect the dots. Um, and so it's what dot are you at? What dot are you going to next? Re recalibrate. Who knows? But there you go with the GPS thing too. That's a great example. There's a wonderful example, you know, about how God interacts with us too in there. And that God gives us options and choices and what do we choose to do and how are we choosing to do it? And, you know, based on whatever choice we make, we get to the next one and we've recalibrated since that person, since that previous choice. I think I'm going to get a bell and I'm going to ring it at the point in the podcast where Noam brings in religion or God. Why? <laughs> ding, ding, it doesn't ding, happen I, that often. I, I know. It's like, ding, oh, we did it. No, 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 no did it. <laughs> send out bingo cards. <laughs> yep. We check that box. <laughs> <laughs> so we're good. We covered God. We covered choice. We wow. covered thank gratitude. Cool. And we Hello. covered Canada. <laughs> that was really good. Yeah. And Canada's <laughs> awesomeness, apparently. Okay. Friends, um, if there's something you're thankful for now um, that you're in divorce and maybe you got what you want or didn't get what you want, but you're still thankful for it, reach out to us at the Jewish Divorce Project at gmail.com. Uh, and check us out on the web at thejewishdivorceproject.com as well. And we're on Instagram, same name. Where else are we? That's it. The Jewish Divorce Project. Facebook. Yeah, on, on Instagram and social media. Send us those thankful, those gratitude stories uh, there as well. And maybe we'll share them with the community. Who knows? People ah. would enjoy that.
Okay. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Have a wonderful Chag Hodu Sameach. Is another bell ring for including Hebrew. Happy you got two. You got two in one. Mm-hmm.